now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Kent. And welcome once again to Mother Angelica Answering the Call. In fact, your calls from her live shows over the years in the 80s and 90s every Wednesday night. I am Doug Keck uh, here with uh, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain, co-hosting mm-hmm. this wonderful program. It's always good to have a good laugh and a mother always has a few of those in her comments and answering these questions even together with uh, just beautiful insights into spiritual life. Right. We've got an interesting series of topics, one having to do with a gentleman who can't stop stealing cigarettes, uh, another case of dealing with sudden death, a person has a question about evangelization, and um, when you think you're holy but you're really not. So uh, <laughs> that was my life story there, so uh, we'll get to that one near the end. But let's start off with the first one, mm-hmm. Father, which has to do with uh, a gentleman who's uh, has trouble stealing cigarettes. Kind of an interesting story. Yes, and how he's tried to quit uh, smoking, which would be the root of the problem, really. <laughs> well, it's one of the roots of the problem. That, uh, But he just can't, and people do have different compulsions they struggle with. You know, an insight that we had from one of our retreats, I think, is helpful. That you think about, you want to develop physical strength. So maybe you resi- have some resistance. You lift weights, right? You do curls to make your biceps stronger. Well, this is true also in virtue, that we want to strengthen our virtue, and we do that by resistance. So sometimes we have temptations. We can even have a strong compulsion. But God's grace is there to assist us and to see that as that virtue gets strengthened by the resisting temptation or call to that we know is not good for us, not beneficial to us, that we get stronger, freer, more peaceful. Right, exactly. What I thought was kind of interesting uh, in this uh, section was Mother brings up the idea of misguided compassion, which I Mm -hmm. think is something that's incredibly appropriate today that a lot of people misunderstand mercy in this misguided compassion. But you have a situation in this case where this person is, in effect, giving (laughs) money away when they Mm -hmm. don't have the money to give away and then ultimately then committing a sin by stealing cigarettes. Right, so... Get things in the right perspective, you know, and that, yes, we should be charitable, and yet, at the same time, we should have enough for our own particular needs. So that's prudence, right? That we're not to be, we're not to be selfish, but also to use prudence in meeting our obligations, our financial needs. So let's see what Mother had to say about uh, somebody with a smoking problem and a stealing problem. We have another call. Hello? Where are you from? I'm from uh, Pueblo, Colorado. Ah, and what is your need or question? My need is my compulse of stealing and smoking and a whole conglomeration of everything. I've been trying every way possible to stop it, going to church every day. What do you steal? Cigarettes mainly. Cigarettes? Uh, yeah, cigarettes. And it's, uh, I got a bad habit of it, and I've tried maybe about five, six times to stop, but I just can't not. Do you work? No, I'm on Social Security Disability. And I've been 
trying to go to church every day and go to confession as many as times as possible, but I still have the guilt feeling. Yeah, you should. And I don't know how to repl- uh, take care of it. Like this Christmas Eve, I went out and uh, gave out pre-copying donuts and treats to the homeless rather than uh, giving presents out to other people. I felt good and helping them, but it was such a, it cost me a lot of money. And I've been trying to, uh, how do you say, uh, I, I feel like I'm punishing myself in many ways because I could use that money for my own food and all this kind of job, but I've been trying to help other people just to punish myself for sitting all the time. And I don't know what else to do. I, I just need a better willpower. Yeah, you do. I think besides willpower, you need love. you got to love Jesus. You go to church, but it's just kind of an action you do as a kind of... Do you, I wonder if you go to confession? Oh, yes. I try to go about two, three times a week. You go and three times a week? Yeah. In fact, Father's getting uh, mad at me, so I've been going to three different churches. <laughs> trying to, because I still have the guilt feeling, and I know that... You get a kick out of stealing, or do you really need those cigarettes? I, I feel like I need the cigarettes, otherwise I really go... Well, if, why, don't, why do you give to the poor and then steal for cigarettes? That's a good question. I, usually when I steal for the cigarette, I don't have any money. And I know, but you see, if you're giving... Let me, let me say this. This, this. You have misguided compassion. Say a man has a paycheck, and he's got rent and gas and electric, and he's got food for his children, his wife, and rent, and he sees a beggar on the street, and he gives him his entire paycheck. That's misguided compassion. See, he's got to take care of his wife. Now, maybe he could maybe make a sacrifice and give the beggar $5, but he's got to realize he's got to do accomplish the will of God. He has to feed his family. See, that's misguided compassion. And you're in a vicious circle. You steal, and then to make reparation for your stealing, uh, you, uh, you give to the poor. But see, that giving to the poor may make you feel, but has no merit before God, because you, you keep in a state of sin. I would suggest if you need to smoke, which is kind of dumb in itself, if you're on Social Security and, and you don't have the money, you can't afford that kind of thing. I would ask the Lord to give you the grace to stop smoking. Then you don't need to steal. But most of all, if that's a craving you have that you can't get rid of it I would begin to cut it down if you smoke two packs a day cut it down to one then cut it down to a half and cut it down to three a day but you, you can't do that see I would give less to the poor and buy your cigarettes if you have to have them I think if you really want to do something and your will is weak your will is weak because you constantly weaken it by doing this see so I would do that if I were you. I would go and talk to Father. Say, Father, how, how do I get rid of this? See, I would get rid of smoking. You don't need that. I could tell by your voice you don't need it. You're hurting yourself and just running around and buying presents for buddy. You're on Social Security. You can't afford to do that. You could do a little. 
But your obligation is to pay your rent and gas and electric and eat. So you don't even have, have money for food. So I, I would rethink it and I would go to some priest and ask for counseling. No wonder he's tired, you see, but you don't really have purpose. You have purpose of amendment, that's fine, but you see, you got everything mixed up. Give less, give up your cigarettes. Then you can give more and live a very free life. Let's say Hail Mary for him. Next up, uh, something uh, a little tougher topic, a uh, person dealing with sudden death. Mm. Yes, and we know that that's a tragic reality for so many people. As a priest, of course, we encounter parents who lose their children and uh, our relatives, young relatives, and that's not the way it ought to be, right? And yet Mother has that comforting word that, well, God knows, and he takes that person when he knows it's going to be the best when something tragic happens that he permits. So we trust in his providence, and I think always to keep in mind that he wants our salvation more than we do. And if that's the case, that he's going to give us everything that we need for our salvation. Absolutely. I thought one of the points she brings out, and uh, not to give it away, she says, Lord, my son is a victim of somebody else's mistake, just Mm. as your son was a victim of many people's great mistake. It's always in Jesus that we find the answer to tragedy, to suffering. We look at the cross, we look at his passion, and there's where we get the light, we get the strength for these uh, tragic situations. Right, and and she talks about praying to our Lord and Our Lady, telling them, I love you, save the souls of those who die sudden or unprovided death. So let's, let's see all of what Mother had to say to this person dealing with the death of their nephew. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? Beaverdam, Wisconsin. And what is your question? First off, I'd like to say thank you and may God bless you and protect you and your ministry. And but Mother, uh, a month and a half ago, my nephew died. Uh, he was 18. Uh, he had two older brothers, which were 19. Uh, my sister and brother-in-law are, are mourning, you know, as we all are. But uh, they come up with questions. Like, his name what was... What did he die of? He was in a car accident. Oh, terrible. And his name was Jonathan, and uh, his, especially his brothers, one of them is my godson, and they're saying, well, will we see Jonathan as, you know, how will we see him? Will we see him like the last time we seen him? How will he know us? You know, uh, they want to um, be reunited, you know, assured that they'll be reunited as a, you know, almost like a family. As yeah. The five. Well, let, let me say that God permits many terrible things to happen. He doesn't ordain that people are drunk and they hit somebody and kill them or whatever way it happened. But he does permit them. We can be sure of one thing when we deal with God. He takes us all At that time, we're best prepared. We will never know why. We will know that in heaven. But if you're, if his parents and you and the family will just give him to Jesus, like Abraham was going to give his son to the Lord. Say, Lord, my son is a victim of somebody else's mistake. Just as your son was a victim of many people's great mistake. 
then give it to, to the Lord. That's number one. Will you see him in heaven? Yes. As he is now, well, he'll be glorified. He'll be glorified. How do I say this? You know, and, and on earth, everybody has a beautiful face, a mediocre face, a good-looking face, an ugly face, a skinny face, a fat face. We got all these kind of faces. In heaven, in heaven, we shall be glorified. And each soul will have its own beauty. Its own beauty. So unique that he and you will be unlike any other soul. Will you recognize him? Oh, yes. You will know. There's my son. And he will know you. In heaven, we will know many people we always wanted to know. And we'll pray for his soul, for God's mercy. Every day, many times a day, many times a day, I say a tiny little prayer. Jesus and Mary, I love you. Save the souls of those who die sudden or unprovided deaths. Your nephew was among those. So you know that our nuns here pray for everybody. Those that are sick and die, those who die suddenly, those that are ill. All of these we pray for before our dear Lord's holy presence in the Eucharist. That's their work for you. So be at peace, all of you. One day we shall know all the whys in our life. And there won't really matter. For we shall all see God face to face. And then ah, we shall see all those we loved from way back. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we continue on with part two of the program. Doug Keck here with our Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain, talking about a topic that uh, is popular today, evangelization. Yes, and Mother brings out, out the point that it's how we live and the example and even just simple things like wearing a medal or having a holy picture is something that can stay with people that, like Mother Angelica would say regarding the network, that she puts a signal out there and it's up to the Holy Spirit to get them to stop on that channel, right? That he's going to prompt them to pause, wait. And it's the same thing with these holy pictures that this person speaks about. Right. And it's interesting as you say that because how many stories have we heard over the years where people were watching and saw that nun mm -hmm. and stopped <laughs> or even couldn't figure out how to get off that channel <laughs> and they were impacted. And one of the great things I think Mother says in here that you can listen for, she said, if the Lord wants you to, he'll open up a door. So mm -hmm. trust in the fact and pray for the insights of how you can evangelize. Yes, because you'll be surprised sometimes that people will come up with a question because they see that you're prayerful. They see that you have something they're longing for, the love of Christ. 
Right, exactly. And all of us are called to do that in, in different ways. Some of us by speaking out, other of us mm -hmm. just by example, as you indicated. Let's see what Mother had to say about evangelization. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother Angelica. Where are you from? I'm from Alsip, Illinois. And what is your question? We watch World Youth Day, and we're very enthusiastic about evangelization. Yeah. My husband doesn't work, and I work. And at my job, there's a lot of different denominations there. Now, I have a picture of Jesus of Mercy and Our Lady of Perpetual Help up on my computer. Mm -hmm. And I wear a cross and a lot of medals on my chain. <laughs> and I'm finding it very hard to get the courage to evangelize further. I can talk about Jesus to certain people, but... They don't understand Mary. They don't understand Catholicism. Some of them even look down on it. Yeah. And it's very hard. And I'm not losing faith, but in today's world, it's very hard to talk about Jesus and the doctrines, and especially with the way jobs are. Bosses don't understand. Bosses do things their way. They don't care. You know, I work for a billing service for a hospital, and they are the least compassionate people there are. And right. I find it real hard to talk about compassion. And we're a compassion ministry, but they don't have the compassion for their employees. Let me let me tell you something. If you're, you're doing all the things you just told me, you're already evangelizing. What you're looking for is some fruit. See, you cannot wear a medal have a crucifix, have a picture of our Lord and Our Lady on your desk or near your computer and not evangelize. See, maybe a day will come when they will move away or you'll move away, but that picture, that medal will stick up here because the Holy Spirit will make it. See, I, I can walk all the way through downtown Birmingham without saying a word, but I've spoken, haven't I? You see, that's the whole thing. This habit speaks. Very loud and clear today. See, first of all, the Holy Father said, go back to the habit. Okay, we're back to the habit. And we got a few little nasty calls, but that's okay, that's good. That means I bothered somebody. <laughs> See, as a Christian, if you're not a thorn in somebody's side, I question your Christianity. You know, you got to be a thorn in people's side. You can't just go around mamby-pamby. See, we're wearing this habit, first of all, because the Holy See said so, the canon law says so. Number three, I want to witness to a church that still exists, to a church no one will ever destroy, to a church that is here, is solid, and we're going back to one way or another. We have begun. I hope others follow. Not to an old church, but the church that is forever young, forever beautiful, forever strong. And one day she will rise again. More beautiful, stronger, filled with saints. So, you are evangelizing. One time, Holy Father Francis told Brother Leo, Brother, we're going to the village to preach. 
And they walked through the village, turned around and walked all the way back to the monastery. And Brother Leo said, Father, I thought we were going to preach. He said, we did, brother. We did. So don't worry about it. If the Lord wants you to, he'll open up a door. You can always say, God bless you. Who's going to get angry with that? And if they get angry, bless them twice because <laughs> obviously they need it. <laughs> don't be timid. This is no, we don't live in a world you can be timid because they'll just walk all over you. Come on, bold for Jesus when the opportunity presents itself. In the meantime, you're a great witness. Just keep on. And wrapping up this program, we have a call that has to do with a person talking about a person who thinks they're holy, but they really aren't. How can anyone judge one way or the other? Mm -hmm. Yes, and the Mother says that's often an indication they aren't necessarily right. holy, right? That when we grow in holiness, we're more aware of our own frailties, and we actually grow in compassion and humility as we grow closer to the Lord because we're aware I got a ways to go yet, and the Lord's been merciful to me, so I need to be merciful to others. Well, I thought that was a really good point because kind of kidding about the person who thinks they're holy, which proves that they're not holy. Mm -hmm. uh, but she also talks about the fact that this person who's criticizing this particular gentleman should be more kind to that person and maybe try to overlook some of those things that they find annoying. And that might help that person become a better person. Yes, and it's living out our faith, living a life of just respect and charity, even if we're getting hostility, that we're responding not in a hostile way back, but with patience, charity, and respect. That can impact people more than we realize. Right, and it's interesting through these programs, I think, and doing them over the last few months, is the insights Mother has into people's psyches. Yes, she really does have it because she's wrestled with a lot of these things interiorly herself as she's quite open about. And yet she's found that Jesus is that way to healing and being able to see the other with the compassionate eyes of Jesus. Absolutely. When you think you are holy but aren't. Hi, Mother Angelica. Hi. Where are you from? I'm, I'm from Connecticut. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Now you pick a little louder, please. I have a question. I'm from Connecticut. I'm All nine right. years old. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. My grandfather, he says that he is holy, but he, but he doesn't act like he is. He says he's holy? Yes. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? He doesn't act like he's holy. He joins organizations to help people for recognition, but he but he just goes on there for fun. Ah. What else did you got to say about him? He's against Catholics. He's a what? He's against Catholics. An ex-Catholic? No, he's against Catholics. Oh, he's against... Oh, that's terrible. We're nice people. Why is he against us? I don't know. Are you Catholic? Well, I'm joining the Catholic Church. Good for you. Well, honey, I don't know. You know, there's something in your grandfather that's missing. There may be a hidden bitterness somewhere along the line. He may have been deeply hurt by a nun or a priest. Of all the hurts you can get in the whole wide world, 
There's nothing worse than getting hurt by a priest or a nun. I don't know why, but it hurts more than anything. Um, I don't think your, your, your grandfather is, is against Catholics for no reason. I think, I think people think they have reasons, but I don't think they're valid reasons. I've said this before, I met a man, I said, you, you've been going to church? He said, no, you're all a bunch of hypocrites. I said, well, one more won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I would try, if I were you, especially since you're going to become a Catholic, you have to realize that in, the, in that, that desire you have for Catholicity is not just a religion. When you become a, a, a Catholic, you encounter the very person of Jesus in the Eucharist. It's, it's awesome. Awesome. It's much more than a religion. It's a, a personal encounter with Jesus. And, and in order to do that, your breast preparation, even though you know, you're, you know him well, be more loving. Be more kind to him. Kind of overlook all these things he does. Uh, the first sign that you're not holy is when you think you're holy. So you got that settled right off the bat. <laughs> However, I think the fact he says that, there is a need for him to be considered good. He may have a real complex. But pray for him. Pray for him. Ask the Jesus to make him see something in you, and especially when you make your first communion. Oh, what a wonderful day that will be. So exciting. And the first time in your life, you go up to that altar and you receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, Son of the Most High God in such a humble form. Well, that wonderful experience has to kind of go over on, your, on him, see? Let him be the beneficiary of, of that excess love that you're going to have. And I, I'm going to pray for you. And ask our Lord to give you special grace. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.